This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for January 12, 2014. The Gospel is taken from the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. The sermon is by Father Ron Baird. Today is the Feast of the Baptism of Our Lord, which in many ways seems to be sort of an oxymoron, um, in that it's a feast that questions why would you need that. But it is the last Sunday that we'll have the white and the tapestry up. We'll go next week to ordinary time, as they call it, and things will be green up until Lent starts, which is actually late this year, so we'll be that way until March. But the Feast of the Baptism of Our Lord has this interesting story of Jesus coming to the Jordan River where John has been preaching and telling people to make straight in the desert a highway for our God, echoing the words of Isaiah. But the fascinating thing about him is is where he is. He's across from Jericho, a little bit south of Jericho, on on the east side of the Jordan River. And he is there proclaiming um, that the Messiah is about to come and that people should repent of their sins and be baptized and be ready to follow him when he gets there. Now, that may all seem normal to you, but um, it's an odd thing for Jesus to come to that. Many people came to be baptized. It wasn't a foreign concept. Jews had been baptizing people for a long time. Um, They had, particularly in monastic communities, they had what they called mikvahs, uh, which were like religious baths where you would go and you would wash for ritual purification to wash the sins away. And so John is preaching this, um, this message and declaring a, a baptism for repentance and for the forgiveness of sins. Now, Jesus, when he shows up, gets there. And when he arrives, what happens is he um, comes out into the water. And John says, well, you're coming to be baptized you know, by me. You, know, you should be baptizing me. Why in the world you know, would you want me to baptize you? Now, the reason why he says that is that obviously Jesus was without sin. I mean, he, he was a righteous person. He didn't need to have his sins washed away. He didn't have sin to repent of. And so then John says to him, or Jesus says to John, rather, he says, let it be so in order that all righteousness might be fulfilled. That was why he needed to be baptized, so that all righteousness might be fulfilled. Now, that settles it for you all, right? Everybody got that? <laughs> Oddly enough, John seemed to understand it. I'm not sure anybody else would have. Um, I certainly find it rather, what's, you know, what do you mean, in, why is Jesus being baptized going to fulfill all righteousness if he's already righteous? What does that do? And to look at that, we have to look a little bit at the word righteous itself and in, in the Greek word for it, because That word can actually be translated a number of ways and is in Scripture. Um, It can be translated as being in a right relationship with God. It can be translated as perfect. It can be translated as just or blameless. Um, There are lots of different ways for it to be translated in that way. But what it really means is being uh, perfected, to do exactly what it is that you were supposed to do. That's how you become righteous. Now, if I say to you, that's really righteous, what does that mean to you? It's good. Yeah. If I say, say you're really self-righteous, what does that mean? <laughs> you're bad. Isn't that interesting? Though? Just put self in front of it and immediately it goes from good to bad. But righteous, we tend to think of as being good, but it isn't necessarily about that. 
it's really not about you know good and evil or, or good and bad or moral behavior. It's really about doing exactly what God wants you to do in any given moment or second at all times. That's how you're righteous. You know, and we see that it's very important in Matthew. As we read through Matthew this year, um, we're going to see him use that word righteousness a lot. We see it later when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. We see it later on when it's Matthew who says, be perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. And so this theme of righteousness will come up again and again in Matthew because it has to do with salvation. I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but you can't get into heaven if you aren't perfect. Do you know that? Now, if you think about it, it does make some sense. Now, you know some people's imperfections. Do you want them in heaven with you? It doesn't sound too good to me. So to be in heaven where everything is perfect, if we're going to be there, we have to be perfect. Well, obviously, the problem with that is, well, how? How do we do that? Because if it's not even just about being good or bad, how could we ever be perfect? How, how would that work? Because technically, I suppose, if, if you got up this morning and God spoke to you and said you should have eggs and bacon, and you say, no, I don't want eggs and bacon, I'm going to have cereal, then you're unrighteous. Because you haven't done what the Lord wanted. Because anything that's apart from the will of the Lord is less than the righteousness of God.